millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. Um, we were just talking about Jen Gunter's latest plea to Ricky Lake and her co-director to give her a transcript for their latest documentary about the dangers of birth control. Is that what it's it about? It was called the science. I don't know. I already clicked away from it. It was called like the science of birth control or something. Yeah. Or the business of birth control. And she just oh. tweeted at them, where can I find a transcript of this film? Yeah, because she like Ricky Lake has definitely like dabbled in the sort of alternative health space. Like she did it her I think her earlier documentary was about like the dangers of hospital births or something. She was like a big home birth or like water birth person. So I think this one will probably be about and I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm not a cis woman. So people I've heard some horror stories about hormonal birth control. And yet, you know, it's probably a societal good to have it available. Oh yeah. Um, it definitely is. Um, but I would still, we should watch it. I would love to watch some, some Ricky Lake docs. I tried to watch watch it and like do, and like, we should watch it for like a Patreon episode or something like an bonus episode. Um, I tried to listen to Ricky Lake's podcast where she just like recaps episodes of her old show. Oh, that sounds good. The first couple were good she had a couple fun guests on like she had her old um you know executive producer on which was sort of interesting but she has this co-host who's like um like a 20 something like twink like youtube gay and he's a little annoying uh and then after a few episodes it was just sort of i got the gist type of thing i sorry to sorry to change subjects i feel kind of sick oh no I think I ate some expired Mikio's uh, vegan. Uh Uh-oh. We have been having issues with our fridge. Oh, shit. Our fridge broke last week. And we, like, cleaned most of of the stuff out of it. But it's a lot. It was really expensive. And I was like, you know, there were a couple of things. We were like, all right, let's – this is probably fine. And – Brian kept like most of the dairy butter. He was like, I think it's still good. So I was like, well, I'll keep my vegan butter too. I'm sure it's mine's still good. If yours is still good. Mm-hmm. And plus mine was only like coconut oil and stuff, which like doesn't even need to be refrigerated technically. So I was like, I'm sure this is fine. 
And then this morning I pulled it out for the first time since this whole thing happened. And I like, I have so many vegan butters in there, but I pulled out the one that was open and I like unwrapped the whole thing to look at it. And I was like, it looks okay. There was no mold on it. No mold. It had like one little like spot, like dark spot that I thought might've been like an air pocket. Okay. And then I was like, I'm just going to try this. And I like put it on a muffin and then it tasted, I mean, it was like hard to tell because it was like, you know, a lot of flavors together. I mean, it did taste a little, I'll say high acid. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a cultured vegan butter. Um, but you know, it always is a little bit. Yeah. But now I'm feeling a little bit woozy. Uh-oh. I mean, I'm, I think you're fine. It is crazy though. Like regular butter does last forever. Like I don't, I mean, I, well, I go through a lot of butter, but I never, I don't keep the like stick of butter I'm using at the time. I don't keep it in the fridge. And then I have a bunch of like, you know, big packages of Costco butter, which I do keep in the fridge that lasts forever. But the Mykonos, when I, or Miyakos, when I used it, yeah. I did find eventually there, it did get a little moldy. So I had to throw, I remember having to throw some out. Well, if this one had mold on it, I didn't see it, but I may be experiencing the ill effects of it. I also drank two White Claws on a glass of wine last night, so that might be it too. Mm, what flavors? Uh, strawberry. Strawberry, nice. Yeah. We had a, a lovely dinner last weekend. We went to- Us? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, Lalabella Ethiopian restaurant. New yeah, was- on the list of 101 best restaurants in Los Angeles exciting it was you guys were all like so neat and like dainty eating and then I looked at because I was looking at your like you and Brian and John all of your napkins were like perfectly clean and then mine was like just destroyed with grease and food I was like oh fuck I was probably using my finger I don't know I felt bad afterwards I was like I was probably a disgusting slob eating this food I definitely did not notice. You didn't know. Okay. You're being honest. I think, I think everybody is kind of self-conscious when you're eating Ethiopian food because you like have to scoop it up with the bread and it's like a shared plate. And you're like, I feel like this could go south really fast if I fuck something up here. But, um, I think that's just like a universal feeling. Cause I did not feel self-conscious at all while we were eating. And then afterwards, when we got home, I was like, oh, fuck. They were like really precise about like not like, you know, using the bread to pick up the food and never like laying an actual finger on the food. Whereas I think I was a little bit less cognizant of that, hence the state of my napkin. And then I was like, am I going to get them all COVID? Are they never going to want to eat dinner with me again? Were they just talking like? What were no, they no, no. Okay. We want to eat dinner with you again. And I okay, definitely good. didn't notice that at all. And I think I didn't notice your napkin or anything. Okay. We actually, I did something even grosser than you. Mm. Uh, we took a special second trip, a little detour on the way home mm. while we were over there and went to Cantor's Bakery. Oh, yum. What'd you get? I got um, cupcakes to eat then. Mm black and white cookies just to have and i also got a danish for the next morning the chocolate cupcakes at canner's bakery are like a classic childhood favorite like that's mm. just like my favorite cupcake in the world yeah i should have known better with the fucking danish they're 
Because it already would have been like a day old. And then by the time you eat it, it's like. I don't care about that. I'll put it in the microwave. It had raisins in it. That was my big oh. problem, which like, of course it was going to have raisins in it. Yeah, yeah. And I also don't really like their black and white cookies. I don't either, but very few. I, I mean, the, I feel like the classic LA black and white cookie at Cantor's, similarly to the classic New York ones at Katz's, they're just sort of stale. They're sort of stale. And I just don't like lemon. You either get like a vanilla cookie oh. or a lemon cookie. And I don't understand the lemon. Why would you want lemon and chocolate? I don't understand. Yeah, it I've only ever gotten the vanilla one. Well, um, Cantor's has lemon. Oh, they just have lemon? Mm. Yeah, like a lot of them only have like, it's like very like subtle. Yeah. Um, But a lot of them have like a lemon cookie. That's why I think Brent's, the one in the valley, the deli in the valley we're going to go to, um, they have like a good like sugar cookie, mm. sort of vanilla, like cookie. And uh, Bell's Bagels, my you know favorite new school bagel place, they oh. do a black and white cookie that's really, really good too. Oh, good. And I just saw on Instagram, they're making uh, challah for Hanukkah, which olive oil, it's non-seed oil challah, all olive oil. It's none of it. I mean, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm sick. I can't look. Bell's is good. The bagels are good, but like Jesus fucking Christ, I can't. I can't with all this. It's a challah. Right. Like just go and get it from some like 90 year old Russian Jew with like a full goatee. Okay. Like that's who you want it from I guess. on Fairfax. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Happy, um, happy, uh, whale day. Oh, happy whale day to those who celebrate. I'm seeing it on Saturday. Uh, we're seeing it tonight. It's good. Honestly, I'm going in with extremely low expectations. I've heard pretty much across the board pans of this movie i know you're gonna like it i because people are at first i was like i'm i was really not into like the sort of just looking at his costume or whatever and being like oh this is disgusting that like you know this guy wore a fat suit like i i get the idea of why fat suits are problematic but i figured i don't know this movie was very specific and like because the movie i don't know it's like Brendan Fraser is someone who is way bigger than he used to be. So like, I think he can, I don't know. I felt like he was uh, able to, or he deserved to be able to tell the story, but what I don't I mean, I, okay. Well, I'm just, I, I that maybe that's controversial. I don't know. I just think that like, I understand when people like, I understand with like race, but um, and I understand with like Gwyneth Paltrow in Shallow Hell. Sure. Yeah. If it's like for like a dumb, a joke. broad comedy. But, yeah. But like, I, I think it's like a little hypersensitive, like an act, like, you know, actors have different bodies and like, they're going to play characters with different bodies. And to say like, you know, you have to cast an actor, like, I'm sorry, to play that part, you need someone who wait, who's like a housebound. I, I just, the whole conversation is yeah. so stupid. And it's like, even if it's just like, what if it's a character who like gains and loses weight over the course of the thing, the actual actor has to gain and lose that weight. Or like, you have to like hire two actors. Like if you're doing like an adult and a child or yeah, something yeah. like where, like, yeah, it's, it's really unhealthy to like, ask actors to gain or lose a ton of just, weight. So it's just a stupid conversation. Yeah. It's like some people are you know, they, they they make themselves look different. They're actors. Like, I don't know. 
And similarly, there's now this discourse, or probably just one stupid article, that people, someone was pissed off that um, both S- Steven Spielberg and James Gray, who made like movies about their Jewish childhoods, all cast non-Jewish people as their parents. Well, Jews are always mad about that stuff because, like, no, like it's never like an actual Jewish person playing Jews, but whatever it doesn't like, matter uh, yeah i really can't like get the marvelous mrs Maisel sure isn't jewish um i guess these people aren't jewish i don't know i mean whatever i i think with the the whale i'm just people are saying how like sentimental and sappy and it's sort of like the script is like a lifetime movie or something so that's what i'm sort of afraid of that it's just gonna be super cheesy but I just don't feel like Darren Aronofsky makes really cheesy movies like that's, that. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm so surprised because he doesn't. I also feel like, okay, sorry, this might sound super pretentious. I'm going to avoid saying a word that I don't want to use. I feel like with people like Darren Aronofsky, you, I personally, if I'm watching like his new movie, whatever it is, like I'm going to watch it within like the context, like within his, of like his full body of mm-hmm. work. Oh, the A word you didn't want to say? The O word. The O word. I'll text it to you. <laughs> okay. I thought you were gonna I thought you meant auteur. No, <laughs> it was even worse than that. Oh. Um you're texting me the word. <laughs> I'm waiting anxiously for it. No, no, no. Carry on, carry on. I'll, okay. I'll send it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll see. I he his movies are all very sort of like emotionally heightened. Like I think some people might say, despite the sort of rampant drugs and sex and requiem for a dream at the end of the day it is like a lifetime style morality tale of like like a like a reefer madness type of thing yeah totally it's just like so exaggerated that it's like um kind of i don't know i i know this is gonna sound insane but like i rewatched it oh did you i haven't watched it in probably 20 years (laughs) i just i just sent you the word in the chat oh in the chat um, I, I oh. rewatched it. <laughs> the O word, the O E word. No, that's a good word. What? Fuck that. We can use that I, word. It's French I... language of the people. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I rewatched it because I don't know why. I was just like this can't be as bad as I remember it. You know what I mean? I remember it being like so sickening and shocking mm-hmm. and horrible and being like really depressed after I saw it. And I, and I was like, I bet you it's not. And it wasn't cause I'm like older and movies just don't affect me in the same way. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of seemed a little funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a mellow, it's a melodrama. It, it's, it's a total so... mel- And it's like engaging too. It's like, I forgot, like, I thought it was just like nonstop, like torture and whatever, but it's very like, I mean, the story really moves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know who did cast Jewish actors in their project is former Gwyneth profiler Taffy Broadister Ackner in um, her TV adaptation. Is Claire Danes Jewish? Well, her character is only supposed to be half Jewish, her dad's mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Claire, da- Claire Danes seems like someone that would be half Jewish, but I don't know that. But I do know Jesse Eisenberg and Lizzie Kaplan are like full-blown Jews. Yeah. I have to, I still have to see that and show. Adam Everybody's Brody. raving about it. It's I, You didn't like the book. I mean, I didn't love yeah. the book, but like I liked it enough to finish it. And I do think yeah. the TV series improves on, well, I think TV is just 
naturally more compelling than reading most of the time. Fortunately, I can't argue. So like that. it was just it's like a good it's just a good adaptation. It's like a fun middle brow, you know, rich people problems, marriage is in trouble. It's not quite a soap opera. There's a little bit more going on than that, but at the end of the day it's like, you know, who's breaking up, who's getting together type yeah, of Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what the book was yeah. like too and I was kind of like, eh. I don't care. But that, I realize there's like not much of that on TV now. It's like, no. it's like actually pretty rare that there's just a show about like people and relationships. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really watching anything right now. I'm not watching anything like new. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, we've been watching a lot of movies, like old movies. Nice. Um, that's kind of it. Like just. I don't know, different things. We watched Casablanca last night because Brian got a new like 4K, I don't know, whatever, Blu-ray of it. Um, I saw someone on Twitter today say Casablanca is only mid-Curtiz and I wanted to throw my phone out the window. What the, what? (laughs) It's like, ugh. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, what are the deep cut Curtiz movies? I guess like Flamingo Road. I don't, I have no idea what they're talking Uh, about. I was just like, this has gone too far. Honestly, like letter, all social media is just like bad for humankind. Yeah. Um, Book is a perfect film. It's like, it's one of those movies that like, I only, I watch maybe, you know, probably not like once every 10 years or something. Oh yeah. And it's still like surprising. And like, I, there's certain things about, you know, know, I forget and certain characters and moments. And every time I watch it, I'm just, just totally blown away by it. Oh yeah. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, it was great. It was Casablanca. I'd seen it a billion times. It was really good. We watched, um, I finally watched Come and See, the like Russian World War II movie. Oh, I still, I'm, is that, should I be afraid to see that? No. You I watched watch. Solo in the theater, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, it was actually, it was really good. Okay, I'll watch it. But it, it wasn't, um, and it's like hard to watch, but it's not like, it's, yeah. you can watch it. You know what movie I saw that was hard to watch for me and I was in the minority, everyone else I was with loved it and I like couldn't stand it was fucking mm-hmm. Violent Night with, um. Oh God, I'm not seeing it. It's I so bad. It's shit. so, it's just like stupid violence for the sake of violence. It's like, it's R-rated Home Alone is basically what it is. And it's just, the dialogue is so clunky. Like none of the jokes land. The characters are all stupid. There, There's no, there's no idea in the people's head. Like there's no critique of like rich people or like any, any critique at all. Like it, it was just a total failure. And I felt like on an island with the people I was seeing who all had a good time. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I just like I really don't want to see that movie. It looks it's disgusting. It just looks like yeah, it it looks like um like cloying, like phony. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, we're gonna do a fucked up uh Christmas movie. Like, oh, what if like it just it feels very like millennial, like epic bacon mm-hmm. vi- like oh what if Santa was like a action guy or whatever, like had to kill a bunch of people. Yep. That's what it is. It's just like, I, it doesn't, yeah. It feels like something that should have like stayed at the, you know, microbrewery and like never sure. get to the big screen. The, the golden road film festival. Exactly. Just leave it there. 
Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, new Lana, new SZA. We don't need to talk about music, um, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Goop. Oh, here's a Goop story. Goop mm-hmm. won the brand of the year from Women's Wear Daily Beauty Awards. Congratulations, Goop. Well deserved. Uh, let me read the little caption that Gwyneth posted. Let's see. When it comes to finding the intersection between beauty and wellness, Goop knows exactly where the G spot is, and not just because its sexual health products have achieved cult status. Since its inception in 2008, Goop and founder Gwyneth Paltrow have been at the forefront of merging health, wellness, and beauty, creating a vertically integrated empire that inclu- includes products, a print magazine, well, dearly mm, departed arguable. print magazine, a next Netflix deal, mm, don't think so anymore, Okay. live events, okay. okay, and more. And now that self-care has become the gold standard for how people approach their inner and outer beauty, Goop is reaping the rewards. The brand has been a bona fide beauty sensation, sold at Sephora, Credo, 13 Loon, Mecca, and more. They're not at the Sephora at the Americana. I never see Goop products there. Uh, I don't know. With double-digit growth exceeding 70%, its Goop Glow Microderm Instant Glow Exfoliator is a longtime star, the brand's mm-hmm. top-selling product. Agreed. Oh, really? Yeah. Which continues to post double-digit gains while the launch of Cloudberry Exfoliating Jelly Cleanser, also a fan of that, earlier in this year notched up one of the highest repeat purchase rates of any product in the assortment. Meanwhile, the July launch of Dark Spot Exfoliating Sleep Milk, haven't tried that one yet, was the most successful in the history of the brand. Paltrow really? Threw, supposedly. I mean, who knows where these numbers are coming from? I mean, I guess they're coming from like Goop. Yeah, because like they're not a publicly traded company, so they can say whatever they want. I the guess they, they can want. say whatever they want, but... Paltrow threw a star-studded pajama party, oh, we remember, oh, this no, summer to celebrate the launch. But when it comes to business, one thing is very clear. When it comes to knowing what consumers want in the realms of beauty and... What? In the realms of beauty and beauty? This There was another typo you read out loud. Yeah. When it comes to knowing what consumers want in the realms of beauty and beauty, this team is wide awake. What does that even mean? Maybe it made sense if they didn't... If they used the other word instead of beauty. Yeah. Beauty and wellness? Probably because it's like a sleep mat oh. sleep milk and pajama party it, but it, it was it. not yeah wasn't it wasn't close enough wasn't enough of a no contrast yeah um well congrats to the whole team but congrats to goop you deserve it you know we love you you're our favorite band brand one <laughs> you're my favorite celebrity of all time uh also there was this is a couple weeks old but we hadn't i hadn't seen it until today the but buzzfeed did an article called Kim Kardashian, Gwyneth Paltrow, and the reactionary celebrity elite. I'm already rolling my eyes so far <laughs> back in my head. I may fall out of my chair. What is this about? The furor over famous white women's con- conservatism exposes the incoherent politics that an elite class keep trying to sell. Like, oh, it's about surprise, surprise. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, these rich, you know, these rich white women are voting for their class interests. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Okay. I, I understand. Okay. Sorry. Can I tell a little story? I'm of so course. sorry. I know you wanted to get into this. Oh no. Like whatever, <laughs> but I'll never forget like the rude awakening that I had when I was, I don't know, maybe like 16 after nine 11, <laughs> um, watching MTV and they were interviewing Britney Spears. And I was like, Britney's an artist, like Britney gets it. Britney is like, 
you know, she's like tapped in. She's mm. not gonna, she's not gonna support oh, no, the Aggie. war in Iraq. Oh, that's the and most sad thing. I ever. was I watched this interview and I just remember her being like, I support my president. <laughs> and I was like so betrayed. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Cause I even like even if things weren't as crazy as they were after 9-11, Britney Spears always would have been that person. I don't sure. know why I was so well, stupid. I I mean, I think like when when we were growing up, I mean, again, like these Gen X icons that we idolized when we were little, they were never like super, well, some of them were, but like most of them weren't super like political, but they at least had the trappings of like the counterculture. Yeah. And then Britney and her generation of pop stars were the first were like far right fashion. yeah the first in yeah. our lifetime i mean since the days of probably like leslie gore and like the early like the pre-british invasion yeah, like, like they pat were... boone or uh, exactly yeah. yeah and so like it was this complete reactionary period in american history where you had yeah, yeah you had the you know the promise rings and the chastity belts or whatever they were wearing it was a really disturbing time well it was because of because like george w bush was like the first person to be like so explicitly evangelical i think yeah i could be like, wrong but i feel like i feel like like nixon and reagan like you know like courted the evangelicals totally. but i feel like he was like a hardcore evangelical yeah and he he his personal story he was like an addict who was like born again and like sa literally saved by jesus so like yeah uh yeah that the culture but yeah to 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 have hope i mean and i love i love britney a lot everyone knows i love britney oh, but like yeah to 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 think of her she's obviously not a political person of course I mean, maybe not. now and she like, is because of her personal experience in certain ways she is but like yeah, i don't know opinion. I don't know why I thought that, but I think it was just like the first in a series of lessons, you know, the next hard lesson would be like three years later with Howard Dean, like a series of disappointments. But like, I learned like, okay, like these people are not um, role models. Like yeah. I can't actually look at a celebrity and think that they're going to reflect my values or like hope that they reflect my values because like, that's not what they're there for. It's not what they're putting out into the world. And like my values have to come from like me and my experience and like my like things that I've like actually like read that were written by people who like, aren't like Britney Spears <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And like, you don't have to, just because someone is famous doesn't mean that they're smart and you don't have to like, accept their opinion or agree with it about at all but you also don't have to be like outraged by it like you can't ignore it like they're not as i don't think they're as influential as people think politically i yeah i don't think so either i think i think people maybe increasingly or maybe everyone has always sort of treated like celebrity politics with a degree of skepticism i guess po politicians still obviously like court celebrities endorsements but sure. um, i think i mean specifically maybe because this was like uh, a local LA election and like in general because there are so many celebrities in LA we have maybe a bit more of a sophisticated like reading of of who these people are and what they stand for yeah well people um, were really mad when she endorsed yeah her well because and yeah, I get it I get it too I I was like I was obviously like mad too um because I don't know well like this article says like 
says the hubbub over Perry, Kardashian, and Paltrow using their platforms to endorse Caruso exposed a trend of the increasingly incohesive neoliberal multicultural politics. Claims to inclusivity and diversity juxtaposed with allegedly unethical labor practices, support for quote-unquote free speech, the advocacy of policies that protect the country's most privileged. Um, I mean, I don't really know what that means. Like, is that... I is that something that Gwyneth Paltrow has done? Like, I I know that she endorsed Rick Caruso, which I think probably yeah. had to do with like real estate tax or something. But yeah, like, like I don't, like, yeah. I don't know that she's some sort of like heterodox, like First Amendment, like anti woke. Like, I don't think I'm not getting no. that from her. I, I think it's I, I think it's what... the the dichotomy of this this sort of uh like liberal capitalism like um like every corporation does it you know they put rainbow flags on things and they like after you know after like george floyd in 2020 goop like definitely like had a lot of sort of social justice lip service and like included more black voices and people of color even people of different classes to like write for them for a little while now it's it's sort of gone back to the mean but like that sort of um that gesture towards towards progressivism is obviously just lip service because when it actually comes down to support a candidate or to like vote for things they're protecting their class interests above everything else and, and like, i mean it's not surprising but be. like yeah. why like you, you shouldn't be like too excited about a celebrity either way like you know what i mean like if somebody says like oh i support inclusivity or something you shouldn't believe them and if somebody like obviously you, it's just like it shouldn't it shouldn't it's Gwyneth Paltrow like she don't care who cares about her politics like ignore them like it's not relevant yeah. it, it shouldn't be relevant to anything about how you vote or wh- how you think about like actual matters that impact your life like yeah. the number one thing to know about these people is like they don't give a shit about you and you shouldn't give a shit about them unless you want to like buy products that they're selling because you think that they're like nice that's right. it or like see their movies or like listen to their music and that's why I mean I just appreciate there's so it's so rare but like someone like Jane Fonda or someone like Susan Sarandon who actually put their money where their mouth is 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 very is very rare. Yeah. I mean I've honestly never been like I've never no celebrity has ever been like a hero of mine in like any like meaningful way. Like, I've never been like, oh, I love what this person is doing politically. Or like, I love that this person is like speaking out about X. Like, I have literally never given a single solitary shit about any political action taken by any celebrity. And I never will. Yeah. Yeah. Political hero. Definitely not. I don't know. When I was a kid, I definitely had like Kurt Cobain was like, obviously like a very big hero. But that wasn't because of politics. That was you know, image and music and a perception of what's cool. Yeah. I mean, like that's what celebrity is for. Yeah. It's not for like telling you who to vote for. Um, um, but yeah. So I, th- I thought, I mean, this article, like you said, isn't saying anything new that we haven't thought of before, but it was sort of, it sort of distilled people, why people had such a strong reaction specifically to these, these women who, um, I guess, cultivate a brand of progressivism while doing everything to actually stop it from happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they do. Uh, 
the Katy Perry one is sort of the funniest just because she's like, she's like a straight up head, like fascist now, basically. Yeah. But then even, yeah. yeah. It's weird because Katy Perry just seems to me like someone who like, wouldn't have like known anything about politics. Like she seems like someone who just like, wouldn't care. No. And I think she probably didn't. I'm now because she's like, super rich and she has super rich friends and people are saying, Oh, Caruso is going to clean up the city. Like, you know, he's going to be good for Ella. Like, I think that's, it's just the, the very most surface basic level of, you know, we need a change. I don't like to see these homeless people on the streets. Yeah. But she was also, I mean, a, a Christian singer yeah. like when she started and I'm sure that totally you know, has uh, something to do with it. Yeah, let's see. This article, it quotes Naomi Klein, of course. Um, yeah, whatever. Anyway, read it if you want. I thought it was sort of interesting. Um, I just, I feel like it's just like so cyclical. Like, I, I mean, I just, I feel like it's the same thing, like the same piece over and over again. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've heard this before. Like, sure. Oh, did you know that Gwyneth Paltrow was actually like did this fucked up thing or like oh like like I I don't know I just like I I understand yeah. I understand what you're saying because we shouldn't we shouldn't hold these celebrities to any sort of standards because their li- their lives are so different than ours and of course they're they're going to have like different interests than we do and different um values but I also understand the impulse of being disappointed or angry when someone who like in certain respects, you do respect what they do and you respect their art or whatever it is, or like whether, you know, whether it's a movie or like a night cream or whatever, and they seem to be able to like talk intelligently about certain things, then you go a little deeper and their politics are like so fucked up. It is like, um, it is, I, I understand how that's like jarring. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Um, what else? Oh, the New York Times was on strike yesterday. Oh yeah, I know. I had to skip Wordle. I had to print out my recipe the other night, so I didn't have because uh, I was about to make Melissa Clark's pressure cooker chili, and I couldn't go to the site day of, so I printed it out the night before. Wow! And I still made that chili. Was it good? It was yeah. It's good. I mean, it's like Melissa Clark is sort of. How do, she's sort of like Ina Garten or Martha Stewart in the way that it's like, it's just like a solid version, maybe a little bit dumbed down, but not too dumbed down weeknight version of chili. So there was no, nothing new, nothing surprising, but like super solid. That sounds good. I, uh, I have not been cooking at all because like our fridge keeps going in and out of breaking and now the handle's not on it and we're getting a new fridge at some point and I've been scared to buy anything, but, um, I made the like bizarre choice to do all of my grocery shopping at target this week Mm. because I needed to get shampoo also. And, um, I've been doing a lot of like just things from the pantry and things from the freezer that have been pretty solid. Like my number one favorite is just like a can. This might be so disgusting. (laughs) Like a can of tuna with some like rice and top it with, if you have it, Kewpie mayo. Sure. 
and sriracha and like maybe a splash of coconut aminos because that's what I use instead of soy sauce. That's like an instant sushi roll. That's great. Yeah. And uh, that those Momofuku uh, noodles are so good. Yeah. Um, they started selling them at Whole Foods, I think. So you don't have to send away for them. Oh, no, that's where I always, I got mine oh, at Target. And oh, really? I also, oh, Target? Oh, and the ones I had so before stupid. this, I got it. I got it at Whole Foods. <laughs> I paid like shipping rates. I'm so oh, no, no. Yeah, no, I, you can get it now at Whole Foods, Target, probably other places. I think nice. it's cheaper at Whole Foods than at Target though. I could see that. Daddy Bezos sometimes. Yeah, sometimes he hooks those you up. prices. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that's kind of been my week. I feel my stomach hurts so bad. That oh, shit no. was rotten. <laughs> um, do was we need rotten. do we need to uh, just no. move along? I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me know if you need to take like a, you know, Alka Seltzer break or <laughs> you just need to record from the toilet. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, oh yeah. So the other, I, I haven't made it yet, but I'm making. I'm just really into lately making like simple Thai coconut curries because mm. there's this, cause you know, there's like that Thai kitchen curry paste that you can get at any grocery store. Yeah. And it's fine. It's whatever. It's good. But, Everybody like, I feel like a lot of people recommend it when you yeah. read online and it's whole 30 compatible. Oh, it's a whole 30. Cause there's, um, there's like a, another brand called like Me- Mekana or Mekani that is a little more expensive. You can get it at whole foods and it's all organic. It's all vegan too. They don't use like shrimp paste or whatever is in the other stuff. And it has, I mean, it really, honestly, now when I make curries, it literally tastes like a Thai restaurant. It's so fucking good. Oh, really? But doesn't a Thai restaurant use like shrimp paste and stuff? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They probably do. But I don't know what it is that maybe it's like the herbs are more vibrant or there's higher level of spice or something. It just is like, Oh fuck. Like I made, um, a couple weeks ago, I made, a Malaysian curry. Uh, I forget what it's called, but one of that like red rendang rendang. And then this week I have the Thai green curry one I'm going to make with chicken thigh. Oh yeah. That'll be good too. And the other secret that I learned, I think from like the back of the bottle of the thing is in order to make the, the curries as like thick and creamy as they do in the restaurant, you let the coconut milk reduce for a while before you mm. put the other ingredients in. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, we've just been eating out, eating, you know, I mean, I guess that I'm just like paranoid because then I like went shopping and I bought like a few perishable things and then the fridge started getting fucked up again. So I'm like so scared of wasting more money until we get a new fridge. So I have like a few things in there, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to do like a huge shopping thing. We ordered a pizza last night from Prime. Prime? yeah nice square yeah and we the night before that we went to like a local like bar place and just like had some dinner there and it was fine but not great just kind of like eating around sherman oaks sure (laughs) eating our way through sherman oaks oh and Uh, i've also been going to um i went to a psychic oh i should have told you i went i got a psychic reading the other night on my way to dinner. What That's what you they... get at Sherman Oaks. You can walk out of your yeah. front door, go get a psychic greeting, and then go have dinner. I mean, like, come on. What did they say? Nothing. It was mm-hmm. awful. Was it? How long? Was it just like five minutes or 10 minutes? I got a 15-minute reading, which is like at Psychic Eye, you can get like 15 minutes for 20 bucks. Or you can do like 30, I don't know, 30 minutes for some other price. I don't know. 
it's like 1530 or an hour. And I didn't want to be in there all night and I, whatever. So I just did the 15 minute one. Also you have to pay in cash. And I had a 20, so that was an easy call. And I didn't want to spend more than that. And I was like, just give me whoever. Cause I'd been there before. And I got this like sweet girl who did like a tarot reading. And I feel like if you're going to get a, if you're going to go to a psychic, like you want a tarot reading because like, I feel like tarot is sort of like more objective. You know what I mean? Like the tarot the cards is just going to the say, yeah. they're going to say exactly the yeah. cards are the cards. So I was like, I, I'm not relying on you just being like, oh, my guides are saying X, Y, and Z. It's like, I can interpret that with you. And like, you know, although I don't necessarily believe in psychics, I do think in some sort of like Jungian way, I'm like making, I'm answering questions for myself about my life based on the archetypes that have been like laying before me. Mm-hmm. So I was just sort of figured it would be another tarot reading. And that was a mistake on my part. I should have requested, you know, hey, also that place is great. You can sort of call them anytime, day or night. They're open till 10 o'clock at night and just be like, hey, can I get in for a reading? And they'll be like, uh, sure. And um, you can, I'll be like, all right, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And like, you can just sort of go over. Yeah, it's like it. super cuts. It's like super cuts. Like, it's really, it's just nice to have, you know, one in the neighborhood. So did this lady just do, what did she do? Did she do like crystal ball this, or just no, like so off this the top lady, of her head? So yeah. So this lady, I, she, first of all, she was late and I had to like stand there and I heard the guy calling from across and being like, Hey, can you get Claudia Jane off her ass? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, not supposed to hear that. And this woman, she came out from b- the back. She was wearing like electric blue eyeshadow she was probably like mid late 60s wearing like this like teal like 90s style like fuzzy shrug and she took me in the back and she was like can you pay now and I was like sure and I gave her the money and she was like it's just that some people don't like the reading and then they say they're not going to pay me. Oh and I was like, well, that's not fair, is it? That she happened was, on White Lotus. I haven't seen season oh, two. Oh, okay. But then she was like, and then she saw that I gave her a 20, which is how much they said it was going to cost. And she was like, do you want change for that? Like, I was like grossly overpaying her. Um, but I was like, no, that's okay. Because like, that's how much I thought it was supposed to be. Weird. And I was like, I got a bad one. I got a bum psychic. Claudia Jane. I was like, Claudia Jane. And then, so she's like, so what's going on? So I was like, you know, I just want to see, like, am I on the right path? I have this trip coming up I'm nervous about. I have a couple of other things. She's like, okay. And she's like, so what? Like, she was basically acting like I was a crazy person for asking her. I was like, am I on the right path? She goes, yeah. She's like, I tell everybody that. Everybody who asks me, because if you weren't on the right path, you wouldn't be here. And she's like, why are you always saying that you're so nervous? you got to relax. And she's like, you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but everything's going to be fine. I was like, you fucking bitch. Like, and I was like, are, I was like, are, I was like, are your guides telling you something bad that you don't want to tell me? And she was like, or I was like, are you seeing something bad that you don't tell me? She's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm just curious. And she's like, well, why did you ask that? And I was like, well, you're just like, you know, you're not really saying anything. So I thought maybe you like, we're trying yeah. to avoid things. She's like, no, I'm always honest. If my guy has told me anything, I would tell you. And I was like, okay, well, that's good. And I was like, are they telling you anything? And she was like, just relax. So everything is going to be fine. And I was like, okay, thanks. And it just went on like this for literally 15 minutes. And I was so pissed. 
Because I don't look when I go to a psychic, I'm not, I know they're not really psychic. Like, let me get that on the table. I know they're not psychic. I don't believe in that. But I do think that they're intuitive and that they have like a, they can like read a person Mm -hmm. pretty well and like have a little conversation with me and like pretend that they're hearing from their guides, which I think they actually are. But I think their guides are just like their intuition about people. And sometimes it can be really great. I think Claudia Jane, she, (laughs) (laughs) I think she just wasn't putting in the effort. She probably was sitting at home watching 90 day fiance and this, her boss called her up and was like, you got someone and she didn't want to come. She like waddled out. Do they live? I don't know how it works. It's not like a brothel. brothel. (laughs) (laughs) No, they have like, um, in the back of the store, they just have this like curtained off area Okay, and you go in like a little booth with them. I've, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I've always been deeply terrified of psychics and I've never had a psychic reading. Oh, you haven't? Oh, you've Mm-mm. got to do it. It's really fun. I don't know. I don't, I don't, maybe I have some deep-seated fear of the future and I don't want to know. It's weird because on the other hand, in, like with my medical tests and like anything, I want to know all of my, like what genes I'm carrying, what, but for psychic yeah. stuff. Well, first of all, you have to know it's all fake. Like they're sure. not really psychic. And the only thing it can do is like help you have a little bit of clarity about like your situation. I, I usually go when I'm sort of at like an emotional rock bottom, which I kind of was when I went. You but know what's the thing? difference between that and like confiding in a friend over coffee and asking their advice? I feel like anonymity, like not really have it, you know, it's like a prostitute or like a sure. sex worker. Sorry. It's like, you don't pay them to come. You pay them to go away. Like, but then what, then what's the difference? Why, why this instead of a therapist? It's just I do have cheaper. A therapist. You do have a therapist. Yeah. I have a therapist, a life coach and a psychic. You have a life coach too. Wow. You've really, I have, yeah, I'm hitting it from all angles. That's amazing. And, uh, I feel like the psychic, I feel like a good psychic could, can be a part of that, you know, mm-hmm. self-help guru diet. Yeah. Your team, your team. Yeah, my team. Like my therapist is um like my therapist is never going to tell me like you know that she can see an angel like telling me to do something. <laughs> but sometimes I want to hear that from someone yeah. even if I don't really think it's true. It's just like comforting. No, I get that. I get that. I guess I I would do a tarot reading. Maybe it's just sort of the the objectivity of the cards yeah. would help me rather than, you know, spirit or angels or whatever. I have a tarot deck, um, but I don't totally know how to use it. No, I was into it for a little while in middle school and I bought a deck and I like yeah. bought a book about how to do it. But then like many things in my life, I just lost interest. Yeah. I used to kind of know how to do it. But um, because it's like pretty simple, you just have to figure out like the formation and then yeah, come down. But um, anyway, it was a bad, it was a bum psychic. You know, Sucks. you never know what you're gonna get. I think next time I I call, I'm just gonna say like I want a tarot reading mm-hmm. because at least then you'll have like you know something to really mull over. Yeah, they recommended a specific psychic in LA on the bitch sesh podcast but i imagine that person's probably really expensive i think she's really expensive i looked at her 
Yeah. There are some like really, but I would love to one day go to one of those like really expensive, like really good ones. I really want to get a pet psychic out here so I can figure out what my cats are thinking. I do too. I want someone to do BB. I have to know if he's okay. I think he's freaking out constantly and depressed. They all are. I mean, the life of an animal. Um, Elise Lunin had a pet psychic on her podcast once. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. She was like, your dog wants a snack. Like, it wasn't like anything interesting. It was just like, they want treats. And like, they like getting pet. Elise Elise to me is the true definition of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. I... I don't, I should actually start subscribing to her podcast again. I haven't listened to it in a while, but like every time she pops up on my Instagram, I'm just like, oh, what a breath of fresh air. I love her. And I, I never felt that way about her. When now I love Elise. I, I'm the exact same way. I love her now. I think she's like so wise. I know. I'm like, wow. She's so well, like I, she's and her book's actually TV. coming out. She wrote her book. It's coming out in a few months. Oh, about, um, the like seven the deadly seven, sins. Yeah, yeah. For women. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I'm just proud of her. Oh yeah. I did listen to this one. Our interior. Oh yeah. You know what I did? I didn't, I never finished them because her podcasts are always really boring, but I started the one that she did this week where she interviewed Keanu Reeves girlfriend. Oh, Um, I don't know if you remember like when they started dating, everybody was like, went crazy on Twitter. Oh, and Cause she's like, like a little older than him or something. Yes. No, no, no. She's, she's age appropriate. And like the first, thing out of her mouth it was like Elise Lunen was like I know and everybody was saying you are age appropriate because you have silver hair and she was like I know it was so annoying because I'm actually like a lot younger than oh, shit. and like I am not that age appropriate and like just like wanted everyone to know that which I was like oh okay she's cool that's funny and then um I don't know they talked about like how hard it is to be in the public like have a public life and I was like okay ladies like I is Elise Elise considered public I guess she was on the first season of the Netflix scoop show so that's something I don't know I was like this is neither of you are like in any way like famous really but okay it's fine um and then uh she started she said that she was I just looked at her Instagram and was reminded of like the quote that she pulled to like be like the thesis of the interview where she was like I'm just really grateful for all the art that I don't make all the stuff that I just like think about and she's like because I just like think about it at night and she's like I'm walking through my internal museum which is like when she thinks about the art that she didn't make which I guess is a healthy way to look at it that's cool I got to check it out. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Internal um, museum, but like she makes art. It's not like she's just stuck and she never made like it's she, she's, it's not she curates her own internal museum and brings stuff and out she into has the world. An external museum too. Absolutely. I think. Uh, Alexandra Grant is, um, is Keanu our one last unproblematic Gen X heartthrob? <laughs> um, Johnny Depp's bye-bye, Brad Pitt's bye-bye. Um, oh, how about uh, Ben Christian and Matt? Slater. Oh, Christian Slater. Um, he showed up actually on the last episode of uh, Fleischman. Yeah, I, I love th- Christian Slater. He's like my number one. He's cute. I, yeah, I don't. I have never heard anything bad about him. Ethan Hawke. I mean, he like he fucked the nanny. Blah blah blah. But like, he's pretty unproblematic. Ethan. Yeah. Um. Who else is even 
I mean, like Ben Stiller, I don't know. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. like had a sure. redemption arc. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I hear the documentary he made about his father is really good. I haven't watched it yet. Nor have I. I didn't know it existed. It's called Senior. Spare. Are you watching? Are no, you watch I will thing? not watch those stupid. F- I be, I become like I become like a conservative Daily Mail British royalist when <laughs> I, I see those people. Well, it's like my problem is that because I followed someone or liked like when the Queen died, I like followed some journalists, and now like I get suggested a lot of those people. Which kind of pushes me into their camp because the anti-Harry and Meghan people in England are legitimately so insane. Like, they're absolutely obsessed. They have these, like, anonymous, weird Twitter accounts, and they tweet all day long just, like, random thoughts they have about how much they hate Meghan. It's really sick and deranged. That's – it's so crazy. And I – of course, I don't believe any of that shit, and they should, you know, live their lives like anyone needs to live their life. But, like – I'm sorry. There is like a, 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 a weird sort of juxtaposition of them screaming about the paparazzi and just leave us alone. And then they're yeah. fucking doing this documentary and doing a documentary and a podcast, a book and the Oprah interview, like how much, like, I don't understand it. They're so rich. They could just, they could literally buy yes. a house wherever they want in the entire world and never and just again. live there. They don't and have like, to have... do anything. Yeah, they could just whatever. buy a house in the middle of nowhere. They could have moved. They didn't have to move to LA or whatever. Ooh, Montecito. Montecito. They could have moved to, to Canada. Like, you know, they could have moved to like a, a Commonwealth country. They could have just like bought a place somewhere far away. They still could have had like a fun life. They still would have had like parties and shit. Like they still would have had like their friends or whatever, but they don't, I truly do not understand this thing of like, they have to, like the only way for them to survive is to have like an overall deal with Netflix. Like I just, it doesn't make any sense. And even if they want to like be like, get into like TV, they could, they could run a production company and like. I don't know, like produce shows that don't have to do with them. They could like yeah, whatever scripted, be... unscripted documentary, comedy, drama, whatever they're interested in. They have enough resources to like get things made. So why does everything that they do is like about them? And they're, tr- it's just like insane to me. And also like, I'm sorry, but like their story, it's like, I've heard their story. Like, I know what their story is. Like they've made it very clear what their story is. Like, um, but then it's still like, and no one knows the real truth except for us. And we've never told it before, but it's like, I feel like they tell it a lot. Constantly. And I, I know it. I know about the, you know, I know about she cried at the wedding. I know about the whole thing. Like I heard it and I'm sorry. And it's like, and we, we went through all of the same exact shit with Charles and Diana. It's like so it's like so similar the arc is like so except these two are together that that's the I guess the difference is like they're against the royal family together whereas Charles obviously chose the family. Yeah. Um so in that case, you know, Megan has a little bit more of a support system. Um but I mean, hello, like what sorry, I don't like to blame the victim, but like what the fuck did you expect, Megan? I mean, it's the royal fucking family. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when he was like in the interview who's like I just saw a clip and he's like, there's a hierarchy in this family, like a higher. Yeah. Because your dad is the fucking King of England. Like no shit. Like it's the Royal family. Are you surprised? Like, I I mean, I don't know. Like 
what what like why are why is he complaining and i feel like that name of his book spare is so pathetic and like embarrassing like does he really feel like he's experienced some sort of like trauma because he's not going to be the king because his brother is because like he's that lucky. he feels like he's lucky and he it's has like, more he has more options than his brother does and it's like if he thinks that he has experienced any type of like you know discrimination from the royal family because of his standing and like his place of birth he should talk to every other motherfucker in england like go to fucking newcastle bitch like go to these parts of england that you wouldn't set foot in and like see how people are living because like i guarantee you his life has not he doesn't have the hardest life of anybody in england and like he lost his mother at a young age like that is true trauma it's trauma that is like that's the and like so i We'll always have like some empathy for both of those kids because like of course. It, it's it's horrible what happened to their mom. But um but yeah, everything else is like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, not that. It's like just all the stuff about like, I don't know, he seems like so resentful about the like line of succession. <laughs> like it's I like, mean, that's then start a war. Like hey, do war of the roses, like do, do King a Richard the Third. I don't know. Do Aren't it? they yeah. allowed to just kill each that other would be if they so want? Cool. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so cool if he just like, if they went back and just like killed all of them and he was like, I'm the king now. (laughs) I would be so into it. I think if he really wanted to show the flaws of the system, that's what he would do. Oh my God. Are they going to revoke my fucking citizenship now? Put this on Patreon. A violent coup. Oh, that would get people. They're going to revoke my citizenship. Are they? (laughs) They're not going to hear this. They're not going to hear this. Um, All right. We should, this is like, okay, we're rambling as per usual. Let's move on. It is 1121. I'm going to do a little timestamp. Let is let us move on to the newsletters of the week. Okay. Agnes. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What was your best? The anger management video. I have a problem with anger management and I didn't get a chance to go through the entire thing. I started it Mm. and I was like, okay, I like this. It's very like rhythmic, lots of like fun breathing exercises. I liked it. And I was like, I want to go through the whole thing and like really get into it because I feel like I need that in my life it's like a, it's like a 12 minute like meditation type thing i didn't i didn't actually click on it to be honest you breathe in and it's like yeah. yeah and it has this like beat and it's like you breathe in you breathe out and it's just like i don't know i only did the first like few minutes and turned yeah. it off it sounds like, good i i'm trying to think i do get angry I do get angry uh maybe it'd be useful they were like talking about like you know road rage and stuff like that oh fuck yeah i i mean i don't even I, consider I, that like, real almost anger myself the other day <laughs> i i just like I'm constantly screaming, swearing, threatening to kill people on the road, but I don't. Yeah. You have this like explosive rage when you're driving that <laughs> honestly has scared me. I, cause you don't, I've never seen that side of you any other time. Like I, you don't get excited or mad when you talk about things, but like, Jesus Christ. I don't feel like it's real. I just, it's sort of like just letting out steam. It's not, it's not real anger to me. It's just sort of how I feel like it's healthy the way I drive. Wait, when did I scare you? What did I do? I don't know. Just like a bunch of times. Oh my God, really? <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't. Say, I mean, I was just like, oh, is he mad? Like, <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything right now because we've just been driving and you've like, just really like, scream, like yelled at someone. And I was oh, like, wow. I don't even notice it. I did. <laughs> I remember I was in the car with you and that we were t- parking on. In, some in hill Silver Lake, yeah. in the echo park or something and some idiot tried to like <laughs> quote unquote help me parallel park yeah that really pissed me off that was so funny because i would like first of all that happens to me like all the time i guess it probably happens to women more and, i think so yeah. but also like if i would just ignore it but you were like get away from my car <laughs> you were like <laughs> like i would just have ignored him but you were like you were like yeah i can fucking do it myself <laughs> i don't need your help oh wow anyway yeah maybe you should have breathed in for six and out for two i guess i need this video when i i never even think of myself as an angry driver but apparently i am well i mean if you if it if you just think it's fun and then you know it's just blowing off steam it's like it's so i feel like it's i guess the only other part of my life that i feel like i probably have that explosiveness is when i play tennis yeah and um but again it's just like a quick scream a quick swear a quick slur and then i'm done well yeah i mean i guess then don't worry about it i feel like i'm um 
like if I get angry, I get really angry. And like, I carry that shit with me. Like Mm. one time I can't even get into it. What this guy did to me one time. One time I was like driving down. Okay. I can't even get into it. I can't even get into (laughs) it because it's going to be too hard to explain. But I, when I tell you like, this is something that happened five or six years ago. And I still think about it in the middle of the night and get as angry as if it was happening now, like maybe more angry, like these things. And this is like a generational thing. Like my grandfather was like this. He would tell stories about some, like the exact same stuff, like someone cut him off or something. These were like our family stories. He would tell these things that happened 30 years ago. He's like an old man, like talking about his life. And it would just be like times people slighted him in like the seventies. Like he never got over it. And I am just like that. Like I inherited that. Like I still get mad thinking and, and just like him, I get as mad as if it was happening right now. Wow. Yeah. I, that's interesting. Cause I don't really, I like, I remember things and maybe there's a few moments in my life where I still like hold anger, but for the most part, I think getting it out really quickly, was probably good. I don't know. Maybe it's good. I don't know, but I, I need something. Well, I guess I have Wellbutrin and sometimes alcohol, but like, I need something to like, really just like take the edge off when I get. Sure. Sure. Really. Cause like, it's, it can't be healthy. Yeah. No, you don't want to end up like your grandfather talking about something from 40 years ago. No. I, and we used to always like laugh, like, oh my God, he's so crazy. And I'm like, well, I kind of get it actually. I, Cause I guess that is like, you think of like old people as being like embittered, but I guess they just have had more. They just had more years of like times that people did something like really fucked up and they're like, you'll never believe what happened to me one time. It's just like, you don't get over it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, All right. My best was, oh, uh, as now this past year, I've recommitted. Well, I've recommitted to two things. I've recommitted to listening to music and I've recommitted to reading. And I feel like these are two things over the pen, maybe the pandemic, the last few years that I've sort of let slip. And they were great joys in my life at some moments. And for some reason, I don't know, they just, I lost interest in, I guess that music at least is like something that typically when you get older, you lose a little interest in like new music. Mm-hmm. Reading, you're not supposed to, but I did anyway. But mm-hmm. this year I'm back, I'm reading my Jonathan Franzen. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to my, you know, my pop musics, you know, knowing what the kids are listening to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Goop came out with, because Typically, they'll come out with like the best 12 books of the year or whatever. Yeah. This year, they did a tight six, which I actually appreciate because like, I'm never going to read all 12 books. I'm never going to read all six books. Just give me like one or two to carry me for the, you know, through the new year and I'll and I'll be good with that. Yeah. So we have and this one is so it's six books. It's two novels, two memoirs, a poetry book and a short story. So whatever you're interested in. That's got it all. It's uh. so yeah, the two novels. Both of which I'm, well, one of, well, I guess both of which I'm excited to read. One's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, uh, a Shakespeare reference, if you didn't catch it, okay. um, by Gabrielle Zevin. And it's about two friends who form a thrilling creative partnership that drives them together and apart over the coast, course of their young lives. Well, this sounds like us. <laughs> I think I heard, I think I remember, maybe I read about it on Goo, but I feel like I've heard about that one. Yeah, they put it, they put it on one of the like Goo book clubs uh, a while ago. And then the other one is called Little Rabbit, and it is a debut novel about the taut and twisted relationship between a 30-year-old writer and a 51-year-old choreographer. I think it's a straight couple, though. I guess a choreographer could be straight. I don't know. 
Bob Fosse was. Oh, that's true. There we go. Then we got the memoirs. I have to say, I love a celebrity memoir, but like a regular person memoir, the bar has to be pretty high. I think. I feel like I like a. I really do like memoirs, but I yeah, I feel like their lives had to be really fucked up. Yeah. So this one is neither of these actually sound that interesting. Um, one of them is it says a memoir slash guidebook. Her name's Catherine Schultz. She weaves together a fascinating story of loss, discovery, and love that is both deeply personal and cosmic. I mean, okay. And then the other one is about, it's called Stay True by Hua Su. And it's a memoir of friendship, art, and the work of growing up and becoming yourself. So mm. again, See, yeah, I, need a like, little, I need a little more of a hook. It needs to be like, I was in a cult, like my parents were like Christian fundamentalists or like, mm -hmm. I was raised in like a shack with no electricity or like, I am like actively dying as I write this or like something like that. Like I need like some real drama if, yeah. unless you're like Barbara Walters. Yeah. In oh, which any, case, I'll read your, I'll read your memoir twice. Which anyone with an IMDB page. I'll read. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't read the Jeanette McCurdy. one. I know. I knew I, I was just about to bring that up too. I, Did you I read it? One. No, I want to read it though. And then we have poetry absolutely no thanks i'm sure it's wonderful ocean vuong i've heard of them oh yeah me too. Girl. um poetry explores grief memory and intimacy of language in the wake of his mother's death eh. i'm just too stupid to read poetry what can yeah. i say i don't and then we have short stories which i don't read very often but i don't dislike like if i read a good short story i like it yeah i always think they're like a little bit annoying they're like i don't know i feel like I don't know. I was just think they're kind of annoying. I mean, they're, it's okay, but it's yeah, like, I, you know. I don't know. like Alice Munro, Lori Moore. I like them, but a little like, oh, it's like a little twist at the end. Sometimes it's a little annoying. I don't know. This one is Ghost Lover by Lisa Taddeo. Uh, no one writes like Lisa Taddeo. Every sentence is so full of desire and so true. Ghost Lover is a collection of nine stories about obsessed, possessed, ravaged, and ravishing women. Yeah. Okay whatever um so that's what we have uh i like i said i'm deeply Im immersed in the new franzen i feel like hopefully it's funny how none of his books have ever successfully made it onto the screen like noah bombach did the like corrections pilot which didn't go and i think all of his stuff has been in development at some place or another but none of them have actually made it yeah that is kind of funny the corrections feels like a natural fit. For all of them. I mean, they're all just like big sprawling yeah. family stories. It seems like all of them would make great miniseries. I don't think you could fit them into like a movie, but like all of them would make great miniseries. They should just do like American Franzen project or whatever and just do like one every season for the next. I mean, it's only, he only has like four or five novels. It's not going to take that long. Yeah, they could do it. Uh, and this new one. Yeah, it's like it takes place in the 70s. It's like you know, you have your hippie kids, your conservative parents, no one's quite as what, you know, what they seem. Someone's a drug addict. Someone's, you know, blah, 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 this one, that one. It's good. That sounds good. I've been reading the same book for like a really long time and I'm too stupid and, and embarrassed to talk about it because I'm it, a literate fool. It happens. It took me like that year of, um, what's it called? The one the where she goes to sleep. Yeah. real, Which is like a very short book. It took me like way too long to read. Yeah. I've been like really pulling really really taking a long time to read this book um but what was I gonna say oh yeah I think do you have new year's resolutions for this year you know what it's so funny I 
literally never make new year's resolutions i never in my whole life but this year and i'll actually share that i did i for some reason the other day i was like oh i want to make new year's resolutions and i don't know what that something something's always frightened me about actually committing to something and i think this mm -hmm. year i don't know what's changed but yeah i have four what are they the first one is write something okay. <laughs> nothing more specific than that which is like get back to writing um, number two is do transcendental, transcendental meditation. Number three is enter a tennis tournament. And number four is uh, cook a recipe out of a different cookbook every week. That sounds good. That's it. They're like pretty, you know, low stakes, pretty tangible, nothing too exciting. But I thought, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. What about you? I need it. I, I thought I had a second one, but now I can't remember it. My only one right now is to um, keep diary. Oh, because I always try and fail because my life is too boring. It's like so many days I'd be like, nothing happened. I don't know. Nothing happened yeah. today. But like, I don't know. The older I get, the more and more sad I am that I was never a very good like records keeper about my own life. I don't have a lot of pictures, yeah, diaries, like, and you know, you lose contact with people and you forget about like trips and weekends. Your social media records like and Gmail and I don't, Twitter. I, and... I don't have that stuff either. I deleted mm. my Facebook and like, I just don't have a lot of stuff. So I, I just want to start now, like keeping better track of things, you know? Um, yeah, that's really good. J John is a really good journal writer. He, I think he gets up every morning and writes at least for a few minutes and he's done that for years. It's amazing. That is amazing. I want to do it at night. I want to do like, here's what happened today. Okay. Like, I don't want to like do morning pages because. Yeah. Yeah. Unless my morning pages will be about what happened the day before. At night. I feel like, well, I guess it's, well, you're, but well, you're a night owl. So for me, it would be easier to commit to something first thing in the morning for you. It might be easier to commit to something at night. I also feel like the first thing in the morning, the list gets really long, really fast. And before you know it, you have like mm -hmm. a two or three hour long morning yeah, routine. Totally. So like, it's just like, I, I feel like the morning is like used and abused and the night is like underutilized. Sure. Especially for something that's like really not taxing. Like it's not hard to like write in a journal. It's just like, you know, I feel like it's kind of embarrassing. Like if I was like, with Brian and I'd be like, okay, like give me 10 minutes. I have to write in my diary or something. I would be like, this is weird. We'll do it while, you know, he's in the shower, he's brushing his teeth or, or like while he's in the office playing a board game by himself. More yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Nothing could be more embarrassing than that. I mean, true. What could be worse than that? Um, uh, anyway. well, those are good new year's resolutions and yeah, now we've good. broadcasted them to the world. So we, I guess we have to, um, stick to them. I or guess not. I had another one too, but I really can't remember what it was. I think the other one was also good. Well, you'll remember. Yeah, hopefully. Um, all right. What was your worst? My worst was the Boston stuff. She need, oh. I'm sick of it. Like I wrote Boston makes me sad. Has to stop. I get that Brad is from Boston. I get it. And I feel like Boston, if you squint, you can make it seem sort of like chic or whatever. Cause mm -hmm. like Harvard, but it's not. And um, I, she, she just needs to stop trying. Like even Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't think can make Boston seem like a place I'd want to go. No, I mean, I, 
I've never really been a fan of Boston. I had also like, like Gwyneth, I had friends who went to college there mm-hmm. and I would hang out there. Everyone it's, you know, pretty short trip from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I re yeah, Brad's yeah. from there. Moses was doing, um, a program at Berkeley school of music mm-hmm. and she has her like oyster bar or whatever that she likes, but it's a, I feel like it's similar to San Francisco in the sense of like the people that are from there get really protective over it because there is a lot of, there are a lot of great things about those cities, but like, it's like they get the protect, the protectiveness turns into like defensiveness in sort of an off-putting way for outsiders. I think so. I think Chicago is like that too. I, I never really considered San Francisco to be like that, but I definitely think that Chicago has it. And like Philadelphia, which I've never been to supposedly is like this, like these cities with like a huge chip on their shoulder. Cause they're not New York. And like, they're not like, they're not like important on like a world stage. Like they're not, people don't think about them the way that like their residents think they should. Yeah. Like in Chicago, people were constantly complaining. Like, why do people think New York is better than Chicago? Chicago has this, Chicago has that. And I'm like, well, you know what? In New York, they're not t- saying like, they're not thinking about you. And it's like the same thing with LA, you know, it's like when you tell anyone in any other city you're from LA, they have a million opinions about it. And you never, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, like we don't talk about, we're not sitting around talking about, you know, Denver, Colorado or whatever. Like growing up in the Bay area, there was this whole perceived rivalry between Northern California and Southern California, San Francisco. I know, and, and it's Angeles. like totally one-sided. It totally, and I didn't realize how one-sided it was until yeah. I moved away. But like, it's so people, I've never met people that hate Los Angeles more than San Franciscans or Northern And people in LA, like literally. Don't literally yeah. Or they like, they're like, oh, we went up the cut. Like, it's like totally chill. It's so weird to me. Well, I just feel like whenever that's coming up, like you kind of have your answer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know what I exactly. mean? And it's like, it's the same with like the New York, Chicago or Boston or whatever thing. It's like, it's not a, it's a, it's a one-sided rivalry and it's okay that your city is like smaller or like, you know, doesn't have the same resources or like never really got to the same like level as like, you know, there can, there really can only be one New York. There can only be one LA. Like how many major, major cities does any country have? Like, you know, it's... and cities don't have to be huge to be great. Like the, it, every, uh, all of these cities have their own charms, except have, perhaps like, for Boston. Pers- I know like they all have their like personality or whatever. It's like, it's fine. They've all got their thing. Uh, Yeah. But trying to make, trying to make Boston chic is like really hard. Even Gwyneth can't pull it off. Unfortunately. I don't think so. I really don't think she can. Even when she's writing like, oh, I have fantasies about myself standing and like whatever, like a library, <laughs> whatever, yeah. like I like, okay, I guess. But like, I know we all know that she'd rather be in New York. We'd right. rather see her in New York. Like, we don't want this. And she keeps, yeah, she, I mean, she even says in the thing like, oh, it's a one-sided, one-sided rivalry they have with New Yorkers. That joke is for my husband. Like, It's she for everyone explain. in the country. Everybody understands exactly what she yeah. means. No and- one is confused about that. And she calls seeing a Red Sox game at Fenway Church. And then she also says that joke is for her husband. It's like, what? Yeah, it's whatever. You know, a city that I don't think has that kind of chip on their shoulder? Um, New Orleans. No, they. that's true. For like a mid-sized city. Because I think that culture is so unique. And they are yeah. they just are they are confident that their city offers things that no other city does. And it does. And they're and they're absolutely right. Yeah. It's true. They're great. I love New Orleans. Good point. Yeah. But it's funny, like even, I mean, it's like within cities, like 
like Brooklyn and Manhattan have a sort of a similar thing. Well, I feel like that is sort of a That's two-sided like a rivalry. Thing. Yeah. And then San Francisco and Oakland, I feel like similarly. Also class. Yeah. But not so much anymore. I feel like maybe historically, but like, I think the, the perceived, gentrified. The, yeah, the perceived coolness of like the formerly working class enclaves of Brooklyn and Oakland have supplanted like, I don't know any, well, there are now, I guess, maybe because of like the dime squareification of Manhattan, there are young yeah. people that want to move to Manhattan, but like for a long time, uh, people wanted to move to Brooklyn and people wanted to move to Oakland and not so much Manhattan or San Francisco, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that the appeal for those places for a long time, even after it wasn't really true anymore, at least for Brooklyn, like, I feel like people like thought it was going to be cheaper, yeah. like than like Manhattan. I don't know. I mean, it was for a while and now, I, I mean, it, it just so. sort of depends on the neighborhood, I guess. Um, but it's insane how far, like, like, it's like basically like every single place in New York is gentrified now. Like it's insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then people talk about, it's so crazy to me, like people freaking out about supposed like crime on the streets or like New York is so dirty or whatever. Like I was just there a few weeks ago and granted this was like the day after Thanksgiving. So it was like very quiet, but it was. I mean, just like completely pristine and like, there's no, there's literally no difference from what it was like 10 years ago. Like it just, it, it's a complete uh, straw man argument. It doesn't make any sense. But people have been saying that about New York forever. Like that's just kind of what people say. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like when, when I moved to New York, it was the opposite narrative of, oh my God, it used to be so bad. Like, oh, because it was like Giuliani. Like, yeah. And now like, oh, this is like, it's, you know, it's the Disneyfication of New York. Like, it's so safe. And both in people were considering that both a pro and a con. Mm -hmm. Like when, when I moved to New York as a teenager, I think my parents weren't too worried about that stuff. Whereas if I was probably 10 or 15 years older and moved in like the 80s, that would have been, a, I think, a bigger deal yeah. for my parents. As a teenager, you don't give a shit one way or the other, but like, yeah, like that was, I think that was never an issue of like, oh, is he going to be safe in New York? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. I feel like it kind of like ebbs and flows like that. Like it gets like, it just gets like, it reaches a breaking point and then like, it does become sort of like, I think it, I think it, it reaches like a breaking point in terms of like wealth and gentrification where like it can't sustain it anymore and then like those people all leave and then it, people will start talking about how it's like a shithole again yeah and then it starts building up again i feel like that's like the cycle totally yeah uh so oh my word i mean that was one of my worsts for sure the boston thing my other worst and i didn't even listen to it because it was i couldn't deal with it the podcast this week it was it was erica chidi interviewing the uh, head of Goldman Sachs personal finance management. Oh yeah. I saw that he was like in, there was like a, an article with him and yes. I like kind of started to read it. And then I was like, I can't even begin to, I don't think I even got as far as like clicking on it and opening it. Nor should you. So he is from Zimbabwe. So I was like, Oh, that's sort of cool. Like, like an African person, like climbed the ladder to um, the height of, you know, the New York financial industry or whatever. But then, then I saw his <laughs> saw picture. His picture. <laughs> He's full blown white. Yeah. Um, so the reason why he left Zimbabwe. Okay. His parents were 
straight up colonialists. Yeah. And um, there was a little bit of a revolution. And that's it's similarly to the, the Cubans that ended up in Miami. Um, these are, let's just say, in the words of Donald Trump, they're not sending their best people. <laughs> um so and he says oh i'm from a poor it's so funny he's like i'm from this really poor background blah 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 well he was poor because his dad was like a fucking like diamond miner who like lost all of his money in the revolution (laughs) and then what he did then what he did how he climbed the financial ladder he as an 18 year old i mean he didn't have any money and it's true that like there was a war and like his neighbors were being slaughtered in their houses um which it's not his fault, but that's just the reality of what was happening. So I understand why he left, but he went to London. And then interestingly, he immediately met a young lady from Beverly Hills, whose father uh, had a lot of connections in the finance world. Mm-hmm. And then um, he just used those connections to get a job at Goldman Sachs and keep climbing the ladder. Good for him. Actually, I don't even know if I... I don't even know if I want to say that, but no, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and so I was, uh, let's just say, not interested in listening to him speak. And I sort of felt a little bad for Erica Chidi that she had to interview him, except, you know what? She made her bed. She can lie in it. Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of like what happens if you work at Goop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the, just the, juxtaposition of like listening to him for a second being like oh i'm african i'm from zimbabwe and then clicking on his picture i was like oh very uh you know yeah elon musk yeah adjacent yeah yeah not good not good um yeah i didn't i just like saw that and i just was like i don't want to read this like I don't care. I don't want to know. I maybe I should. Maybe. And then he's like, he's gonna tell me how to be more responsible with my money. Like fuck him. <sighs> anyway. Uh yeah. Alrighty. Um. What was your old craziest? I mean, saddest? I thought it was kind of hard to find something like super crazy in this one. Yeah. So I just sort of picked like a glitch that happened hmm. and it's not even really that crazy at all. I don't know why even it's just like nothing else to say, but they fucked up my um December shortlist email um, and all of the clean beauty products. So like, you know, it'll be like, here's what you should buy. And it's like clean beauty. And then you scroll down and it'll be like clothes or whatever. All the clothes are links to the stuff on the website, but all of the like beauty products, they like fucked up and it's all just like JPEGs. And when you click on it, it just like expands it. It like doesn't link to the store at all. And I just thought that was like a massive fuck up. And I don't understand how they can like make mistakes like this all the time. I don't under Cause like, I mean, I have never really been like a coder or a programmer, but like even on like a blog that I would write or something, it's like you you know, there's a, there's a template and you just fill in the information and then it does it for you. Like, I don't see why this is so hard, but like, isn't there some sort of like QC person or like an editor or somebody who just like glances over one time just to make sure like the links are working before we send it out and to like, make sure like you didn't write anything like stupid or put a typo in. Like, isn't yeah. there someone who just checks? I mean, that's just I guess another part of, set of eyes. Part of the charm of goop is you never know what you're getting. I guess not. I was like, okay, well, I guess I won't be taking a closer look at this solo wave wand which i still don't know what it is is that a vibrator no i think it's like some kind of hair remover like a razor i don't know i tried to click on it several times and 
it's not happening. Mm. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, my craziest is sort of their short article called does a product need to be all natural to be clean? Hmm. And maybe this, I'll, honestly, this felt like it was gaslighting me a little bit. It probably was. Cause, and they I get thrive when they keep you on your toes. Cause like, I don't really care one way or the other. If something is natural, unnatural, clean, not clean. Like these words literally mean nothing in the yeah. context of goop. Oh of no. Any... I mean, they have no, I mean, like they don't have any like legal meaning. No, or... no absolutely not. But I guess I assumed, and I thought the goop had, previously presented the opinion that for that their clean beauty products or maybe i was just assuming wrong the clean beauty products come from all natural things like i just sort of assumed that i thought that was sort of the baseline of what clean was i mean i guess like at a certain point it's kind of hard to define what natural even is cuz like isn't everything natural like what at what point does it become like synthetic or fake or you know what i mean like yeah. everything is a chemical so at Every, what point yeah. does a chemical become like bad i i like these are questions yeah i don't know no yeah i don't know exactly what that line is but megan so megan o'neill answers the question um this was not even a real question this wasn't from anyone she just said so does a product need to be all natural to be clean the short answer is no. So all natural products can be clean, but synthetic ingredients can be clean too. The phrase all natural or no synthetics on a product doesn't mean that it's necessarily clean. Uh, and then they admit both natural and clean beauty are terms that are currently unrelegated, sorry, unregulated by the government. What currently. Clean, currently, yeah, like that's going to be a big uh, priority in the new yeah. Congress. What clean beauty means at Goop is that the products we sell and report on contain no ingredients known or suspected to harm human health. That's it. That's their only criteria. But then again, like, so it could I be natural. Suspected it could be... is doing quite a bit of yeah, work there. I think it's only suspected because like no beauty product or health or food is selling it like contains ingredients that are like known to harm human health. Well, uh, non-organic grains with glyphosate. Right. But like, again, sorry, Brian, like the amounts of glyphosate that you could potentially be exposed to through eating non-organic grains is like infinitesimally small sure. and like not to the point that it doesn't exist. And like, there have been like many, many, many studies about the amount of like residual um, pesticide on grains. And it's like, essentially zero so like the only argument is that it's suspected, suspected but there isn't any like no one's ever gotten sick from eating grains that weren't organic yeah so that's the thing like i mean well there's like baby powder in like johnson johnson baby powder that was sort of proven to be harmful right yeah i mean like things get proven to be mm -hmm. harmful aluminum and, then, like, and deodorant i guess that's so like things things are controversial and things get taken out but like the FDA does like a pretty good job of making sure that you're not like ingesting poison. Yeah. So like the things that are like known to be things that are known to be harmful, aren't in food things that are suspected to be harmful by like people in the wellness industry are could be anything. So goop. So their only definition of clean beauty doesn't have to be natural, but it's just, if anyone suspects that any ingredient could be harmful, they're not going to put in. So what happens when the main ingredient in their microdermabrasion thing 
someone writes a crazy study being like this is hard. like the exactly it's, suspected. it's like it could be anything it could be anything exactly. it just seems like a really weird line to draw when it's so porous anyway like anyone could say anything and then and then you have no definition of clean beauty. Then it's well, just whatever I think you that's say. Kind of like the, that's kind of like, see, that's my problem with this stuff where it's like, I want to be healthy and I want to be like clean. And I'm like, okay, I got scared about like microplastics and whatever. And like this and that. But then like the more I look into it, I'm always like, well, like my, my idea of like what clean is like erodes to the point that I'm just like, it doesn't even exist. No. So, and then I like go back to one, like, this is like my constant battle. Like I'm constantly going back and forth because like, I, you know, I get scared that there are things that are suspected to be unhealthy, but that will be proven to be unhealthy one day in the future, but we just don't know yet. And then, um, but then like, I also think that like a lot of that stuff is like fear mongering and like sales tactics from like people who are selling lip gloss or like grains or paleo pancakes or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, this just, because I don't know, I guess I just thought that there was at least some definition that they had of like, at least this is coming from natural sources. Again, whatever that means. But well, now they have GCC. Yeah, they have, that's true. GCC, which is, again, currently not regulated by the government. Not currently, but it is regulated by Goop. So, <laughs> uh, But so Megan is just admitting that there's literally no standards. Clean is literally anything they want to say it is. And um, yeah, that's, I guess that's that that's that and yet i do have to say their goop jeans uh face cream and the goop glow uh lotion are both really great and i don't think i can afford to like re-up them every time i run out but i'm enjoying it while it lasts oh yeah i mean like we all use goop products here but like we're not um I think that they're like kind of different questions. Like, does it work? And is it clean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything works better because it's like technically clean. I think if anything, it works worse. No, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know that it works like, I don't know, like a drugstore lotion, like Neutrogena or whatever, I guess, because that those things will also say like dermatologists proven or whatever. And like, but, and maybe it's just a placebo effect or like not, but like um, my own neuroses but then i'll put it on and i'll just like feel the chemicals going into my skin which i think it's not a real <laughs> it's not real yeah you have like um what's it more called jellins. like more <laughs> when you use drugstore products yeah. yeah i mean i don't tend to use them i i mean sometimes i do sometimes i do because it's like i just can't afford to use like a hundred percent like luxury not. products always but like and i also like um, I real like there are like cheaper clean brands that you can get. Like there's this shampoo, yeah, like from hippie Target. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and like there's oh, this sorry, shampoo yeah. from Target that I'm like obsessed with, that smells really good and is clean and it's like five dollars a bottle. Then like you know there's like body washes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's you know it's like everything mix and match. I love my J. You know that brand Jason. That's yeah. Like, uh, they have like a rose scented body wash that. I don't know if it's considered clean or what, but it smells great. And it's like, I love it. Yeah. It's my new, my new nightly shower ritual. I use like, it's like Alba. Oh yeah. That's a good one too. That's what I use when my Aesop is out and Mm. I can't drop another like $200 on a bottle of shower gel. (laughs) 
Yeah, the Jason one is like, I mean, it's a little more expensive than, you know, the baseline, but it's still only like 10 bucks for a big, a big jug of it. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Uh, okay. What would you try? Oh God, this was hard. I think I left. Okay. I, oh, um, the dark spot exfoliating sleep milk. I have this like dark spot on my cheek that I've had for a really long time. I've had like laser and it keeps like going. It always like goes away and comes Mm. back and I would try this, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, sounds like a nice something to ask for Christmas. It does. Um, yeah, that's one new product I haven't used either. Yeah. Be nice. I would try. Okay. So they did like a whole thing on unconventional and enticing holiday menus. Mm-hmm. And most of the stuff, they had a big like seafood, like you're doing like a bouillabaisse or a chipino or something, or like a whole roasted branzino. I just don't think that that's practical I, for Christmas that- to just put a, take a fish out of the oven. Oh, oh sorry. My dog. I feel like all of that, um, stuff is like repurposed like some there was some like feast of seven fishes article i think that they did like seven years ago and then they just keep posting the same stuff over and over again oh yeah none of these recipes are new absolutely not and if i came from an italian american family i would enjoy participating in the feast of the seven fishes but of course as a non-italian i'm not gonna go to my mom's house and be like, oh, I'm doing a whole roasted branzino and everyone has to eat it. Like, that's just not viable. It's uh, fun. Yeah, exactly. But the hors d'oeuvre section, I think, are a little more practical. And okay. they're a great sort of, let's say you're invited over to someone else's house. Or let's say you're, you know, an adult who's coming to their parent's house. And you don't you don't have the opportunity to, to like, cook a lot of stuff. Um Making one of these will really, I think, elevate the the holiday spread. It'll be a nice icebreaker because they'll say, oh, where'd you get that recipe? Recipe. Recipe. And you say, goop. And they're <laughs> like, oh, my God, you're into goop. So am I. And then I'll just be like, oh, yeah, I actually have a podcast about it. Patreon's only $5. You should join. Yeah, you make a couple of, you make a quick buck off your yeah. yeah, not too <laughs> from your From your cousins who you haven't seen in a while. They're like, what's going on? So yeah. these are, um, we got, okay, so. Our sort of family tradition, one of our family traditions is to do Dungeness crab for Christmas or Christmas Eve. Cause it's okay. like, it's very like, I guess it's like very Northern California and it's also very seasonal. It's really like expensive. So you don't really get it very often. Um, but it's so it's the best, it's better than lobster. It's better than it's my favorite seafood by far Dungeness crab. And they have goop has a crab salad in endive. Um, that seems like a classy appetizer, low maintenance, you know, you buy the crab, but you don't really have to like do much to it. Mm-hmm. Then we have a beet stained deviled egg, which that to be honest, wouldn't probably be my favorite to do. Um, you have a smoked trout butter, which I made a smoked trout dip last Christmas, which was a moderate hit. Um, then you have bulgogi chicken lettuce cups. Honestly, they look a little PF Changs to me, but they might be good. Um, then you have Arancini. I know you haven't se- watched the second um, season of White Lotus yet, but Arancini have a very pivotal role to play. So it would be a, a topical appetizer. And then you have a classic Parmesan and thyme cheese straw, which that's I think my would, favorite. Would be I love um, a long time ago. Amy Sedaris wrote those like sort of half comedic like recipe home making books. Yeah, and she has a bunch of recipes for cheese balls in them. Hmm. which are always, uh, they don't look like much, but they're always really tasty. But yeah, anything with cheese. 
Yeah. I mean, we usually have like some like crunchy cheese straws mm. in like a cup or something out when we first get to Christmas. Oh, that's Eve. nice. And they're always like festive. Yeah. Um, you couldn't hear me screaming at my dog when I muted myself, right? No, I mean, I heard I heard BB bark a little bit, but I did not hear you scream. Okay, good. I put myself on mute. Hmm. And I wasn't screaming. I was just saying his name. You have to say their name through like clenched teeth. So you sound like a growling dog. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Sound yeah. like Cookie Monster or Countess Luann. I don't think I get quite that deep, but it's, you know, I do my best. But um, he he responds. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there are pets. I mean, especially dogs, obviously, know their own names, but I, I would say even my cats know their names. Even oh, I'm yeah. No, not to his name. I mean, like if I like scream his name through clenched teeth while he's barking, he'll shut up. Like he oh, responds yeah. to my like he knows what I want. Yep. You're the alpha. Um, what did I Caesar so. Caesar Milan? He had a, his own little philosophy of something. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. Caesar Mion. Mion. Or something like that. All right. Uh what would you buy? Um, clothes. There's a sale again. The clothes are on sale. I feel like now is the time to buy. I feel like Goop is having like, I feel like this is as good as it's going to get like in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Because I don't think they do a January sale. I think this is it. They, I, I feel like, don't, don't you think after Christmas more things go on sale or maybe not? I think it used to be like that, but it doesn't, I feel like now it's all before. I don't okay. know. It could be crazy. I have no idea, but Maybe don't, maybe wait. I don't know. It just, it looks good to me. If I was going to buy clothes from Goop, I would just go ahead and do it now. Yeah, for sure. And you can always, you can always afterpay. You can always afterpay. Uh, I would buy, I will not, because I just, I can't afford it. And it's going to be one of those gestures that people will enjoy for a second, but then it's not worth the money is to bring um, caviar home for Christmas. Oh yeah. Uh, They have... So this it's called it's just called Row is the brand and it's like sustainable. Um, it's one hundred and eighty. They say final sale on Goop, so I thought that meant oh this is discounted, but no, they're just like we're gonna stop selling it. So that's why it's called the final sale. It's one hundred and eighty five dollars for fifty grams. If you go on Row's own website, it's the exact same price, so you're not getting any yeah. deal. I mean, caviar is expensive. I don't know how much that. I don't know if that's like a lot or a little. Fifty grams is like almost three ounces. So they say. It's like serves like four people or something. But it's is not, that a lot to pay for that or a little? I, I like it seems like a lot to pay. I have no idea. Uh, I, I looked just to compare at like Whole Foods or any of those places. There's um, a brand called Sar Nikolai, which is um, these are all like American caviars. Um, mm -hmm. That one is a you can get one ounce for $42. So that's. That's not a lot. Oh, yeah, it's a little less expensive, but you're only getting one ounce. I don't know. It's still it's still pretty pricey. And like, is that like a? I feel like I like caviar. I've only eaten it a handful of times in my life, but I always enjoy it. But is that yeah. like that, that's like a douchey move though? To like you're like oh I'm bringing cat like like who am I Richie Rich? I'm not. Well, I guess it depends. Like if you're bringing it to your family who like know you and don't think of you like that and would like yeah. have a little bit of fun, fun. then yeah. like. You know, it's not, um, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, like I've had on occasion some, um, caviar on a holiday or whatever. Yeah. That's tasty. It's, it's good. I kind of feel like for me, caviar 
kind of has to have like the full like little like accoutrement and like the little bellinis and the egg and the crumb fresh and everything um I don't know now people are putting it on fried chicken that's see that's crazy everything I swear I go to smorgasburg and get a sandwich and they're like do you want to add caviar for 85 dollars it's like insane people are too crazy uh yeah, I know. It's stupid. There's this like Thai place near our, our apartment that we want to go to because we found out that they have this like special fried chicken that's like delicious and everything. Oh, and Jack? Yeah. Yeah, that's number two on the list of best restaurants in LA. I want to go there. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. We Well, it's like been packed. It's like right by my apartment. And um, they, they have the fried chicken like caviar add-on. They also do like a ta- like a Thai Taco Tuesday, which sounds fun. Yeah, they do the Taco Tuesday also. Um, yeah, there's you're another another great food option in Sherman Oaks. Yet another one. They keep stacking up. Um, yeah, so I'm sure I, won't. I really need to pinch the pennies this year. Like I I'm already buying gifts for people. I can't I can't buy caviar, and no one's asking me to. So I don't know why it's an issue. It's not yeah just don't buy the caviar just also like it. it's caviar is like probably one of the most overrated things in the world like i like it it's, i like it but it's like i it's impossible to separate it from like the like opinion i have of caviar every single time i have caviar it's like some fancy fucking thing i have like champagne it's like we have like the whole thing whatever it's like I always feel like this is a huge treat and I should yeah. like really enjoy it. But if I just like, didn't know, like if Taco Bell was serving it, would I be like, Oh, you have to go and get that caviar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it is sort of the reputation and the experience around it. The knowing that it is really like special, but I, if they're just breeding sturgeon now in America, in some God awful, like aqua farm, can't they just, why is it so expensive still? It's like diamonds. It's like fake. It's like false sense of rarity. It's, it shouldn't be that expensive. Yeah, I guess definitely not like that. You can just breed more fish. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Cause these are, they're not saying like, these are wild. Like they're not like finding these fish. They're literally just breeding them. So it's like, you could just, I don't, it doesn't make any but sense. What about like the really expensive, like fancy caviar? Well, That's not, is that from like. I think the beluga stuff is like, it's both endangered and there's a lot of like, um, you know, just sort of like socio-political issues with, I don't know if there's a, there's sanctions or whatever on Russian stuff, but like, it's like a lot of Russian and Iranian stuff. So I think the, the sort of chic and politically correct thing is to buy the sustainable American caviar now. So I'm sure you still can get the 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 real stuff, but I don't think. Uh, but if you go to like Petrosian, like, are you getting you're getting Russian caviar, right? They probably have, but yeah, I'm sure they have all types. You could probably get whatever type you wanted. I'm sure they still have Russian stuff. I would imagine. I have no idea. I've never actually been to Petrosian. I'm looking on their website right now. Um, at Costco, they have. A bunch of different types of caviar. <laughs> I, I mean, up. I don't think that most of this says like where it's. One of them said beluga. One of them said beluga. So beluga is like the traditional, and I think I think that's sort of like getting um you know bluefin tuna or something that you're like you're not supposed to, but they still do it. 
but I wonder, I mean, I obviously have, I'm not a caviar aficionado. So I imagine I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a sturgeon, you know, raised in California versus one, you know, captured in the Black Sea or whatever. I don't think I would either. Sorry, BB is losing his mind. Well, we all are. Yeah, who so, isn't? <laughs> uh, and we've been um, we've been talking for a fair amount of time. That's true. Uh, so let's see. We wish you happy holidays. Yeah, um, we'll have one more before Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we should have. Oh, we have least. one next week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we definitely have one next week. Well, next week will be a Patreon one too, probably. Okay. Anyway, so. You know, if we hear from you, lovely. If we don't, we'll assume you're having a good time. Um, if you want to hear, you know, more content, uh, come on over to Patreon. It's just $5 a month. You get double the episodes, double the fun. Uh, and yeah, just uh, touch base on Instagram if you want. Um, let us know what good products you're using and which are worth it. Let us know the type of caviar you're having over the holidays. Yeah, we want to know. Uh, is it Russian uh, or is it farmed American shit? Ugh, gross. All right. Let's end it right now. Bye, Bye. guys. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 